In Mark chapter 15, beginning with verse 33, we read, And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Mark told us as soon as he set out with his gospel accounts that this was to give us the beginning of the gospel, the good news about Jesus the Christ. And despite Jesus himself saying it multiple times, particularly to his closest followers in private moments throughout that story, I don't think anyone would have expected the story to lead here. Especially in Jesus's day, dying on a cross wasn't something conceived of for the Messiah, God's anointed one, the descendant of David who was going to come in and usher in a new age of liberty and renewal and God's reign like his people had never known before. So for Jesus, thought by so many to maybe be that Messiah, to die in such an excruciating manner, the crucifixion itself lasting about six hours, beginning at 9 a.m., what they would have called the third hour, and lasting through about 3 p.m., what they called the ninth hour. With that period from the 6th to the ninth hour, from noon to 3, when the sun should have been at its brightest and most intense, being described as there being a darkness over all the land. To tell a story, to help us know and love Jesus, but then have it reach this point, seems like such a terrible tragedy. It's hard to bear witness to all that Jesus suffered and see anything good about it. But there was a plan far beyond what anybody bearing witness there knew that Jesus was fulfilling through that death. A plan that he bore witness to when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those pained, strained words that Jesus shouted on that cross being words that his ancestor David, Israel's great king, had penned by inspiration in Psalm 22. Take a look at Psalm 22, verse 1 sometime. That psalm describes God's anointed one suffering terribly in a way that matches in stunning detail everything that Jesus endured here. So it's fitting that Jesus reached for those inspired words to describe where he was in that moment, feeling the weight 
of all of humanity's sin on him. As he, God's son, with God since the beginning, experienced something that God had never experienced before. Yet, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, died. Death is a consequence of sin. And God is completely holy. Jesus himself was sinless. And he gave that sinless life to endure what we deserve because we have all sinned to go through what God himself could not go through because he is life. And he did it for us. He allowed himself to be separated from God in that way to bear the burden of our sin. And as Mark captures this moment, he makes it clear for us that this isn't just a pivotal moment in the story of Jesus, that this isn't just the culmination of all those things that he was teaching and preaching, those miracles he was working and demons he was casting out, but that this is the culmination of the whole story of the Bible when he gives that seemingly confusing detail if you don't know the background of a curtain in the temple tearing, and you might wonder, well, why did that get included? Because that temple represented the place where God was present with his people. And that curtain represented the division between God's presence in the most holy place and the holy place in the temple where his priests would typically gather to work. That most holy place only being open to the high priest and only once a year to make an offering for his and the people's sins. Yet when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain separating the most holy place where God was present and the rest of the temple was torn into access to God was open through the death that Jesus suffered and not just for the Jewish people. Because the very next detail that the Spirit inspired Mark to include is the centurion, the Roman, the Gentile, standing there overseeing Jesus' crucifixion, bearing witness to him drawing his last breath and declaring that this is the Son of God. Mark is giving us a preview from the day Jesus died and the amazing, true, real-life events surrounding it, where the story is headed. Because this is where most biographies would end with the death of the subject, the person that the biography is about. So if Jesus were like anyone else, this would be where the story ends. He drew his last breath, and he died. But Jesus isn't like anyone else. Jesus is the Son of God. And while his death was a critical, essential part of the story, it's not over yet. His death has accomplished a triumph over sin that these last little images give us a clue to. The tearing of the curtain, opening the way into God's presence. The testimony of the Gentile, recognizing Jesus as God's son, is showing us what more is to follow. Because Jesus was dead, 
But this isn't the end of the story. He wouldn't stay dead. And the part that allows the story of Jesus to go from one of great tragedy to incredible joy and hope, the part that gives you the most reason of all to know and love Jesus, still to come.